0: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and
2: conditions apply.
1: I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number.
2: Then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. Inks in the box. Oh, to his left. foot, brilliant. Oh, it's a (laughs) match. Check out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you need bothered, bother to send us an email to podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go.
0: Welcome to a special episode of In That Number, episode 89, Ibrahima Diallo Special. Now, the transfer window has been and gone, and most fans are more than happy with the business that we've conducted. Kai Walker-Peters, Mohamed Salisu, a surprising last-day move for the returning Theo Walcott, and the big one, 21-year-old French midfielder Ibrahima Diallo from Brest. Joining us today, we have the pleasure and honour of bringing in the senior writer at Get French Football News, Jeremy Smith. Thank you so much for giving up your time today and telling us about Diallo. Pleasure.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: First and foremost, um, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. It's been a tiring couple of weeks um, (laughs) with the the transfer window and sort of being invited to to various different clubs, sort of podcasts to to talk about different players. But it's great to talk about football, so I'm always happy to do it.
0: Amazing. Um, Yeah, how are you adjusting to life with no fans at matches. To be completely
1: honest, a lot of the time, depending on how I'm watching it on T V, if it's with um with the sort of fake crowd noise piped in, a lot of the time I completely forget about it. <laughs> but it's it's you know, that you look at certainly in the Premier League the the insane results that we've already had and, and it it shows that although it's it's not a huge surprise, I think it shows how how important fans are and certainly I think the stats show that there's been more sort of positive away results so yeah. it really shows how important the fans are to, to help uh, the home team along, maybe sort of conversely fans in general put more pressure on the players and, and the fact that there's been so many goals at the moment possibly as the players are kind of freed up to try a little bit more without, without the worry of fans getting on their back if they make a mistake I, I don't know but it's it is it's very strange, and I don't I don't think we saw anything too weird at the end of last season when when everything started up again. But certainly this season just seems I don't know some something different is going on.
0: Yes, I couldn't agree more. Um. It's certainly evident with us because, I mean, we, we don't play very well at home anyway. So we, we figured no, no fan pressure would be a good thing for Saints. But, um, Kev, how do, how do you feel about the fans? How, you, you're not a fan of the uh, the crowd noise.
2: I love to hear what the trainers are shouting on the touchlines. lines I and mean, it kind of annoys me that I have to hear the, uh, the crowd noise. You kind of filter it out after a while. But you only really notice it when a player takes a shot and it doesn't go in. Yeah. and they, have, they haven't quite accounted for that yet, and it's a sort of a yeah. And they cut it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I quite like it. It's quite funny.
1: Another filter out, Steve McManaman. <laughs> <then.
0: laughs> yes, if if only, if only. Um, right then, uh, let's get straight into it. Then Ibrahim Diallo. So he's he's 21. He signed for a reported 12 million pound from Brest on a four-year deal. He's a younger brother of uh, PSG defender Abdu Diallo. It uh, kind of. Why, well, he flew under the radar for, for us, didn't you, Kev? And supposedly a number of clubs were interested in him. I think Arsenal would thrown in, but I think Arsenal were always thrown in with French players. But what was he, was he a well thought of prospect in France?
1: Yeah, he is. He's, um, because he's, he's spent the last couple of years playing at, um, a smaller team. Uh, I think it's, it's kind of similar to here in that, you know, it's the PSGs and the Marseilles that get so much of the, of the media coverage that often the, the, the smaller teams don't get too much of a look in but he's certainly always been well regarded um, originally as a, as a youth at Monaco but certainly the, the performances the last couple of years he's he is well rated and and I don't think it's any surprise at all that he's, he's moved
0: on to the Premier League. Talk about Monaco so he was part of the, the Monaco youth set up never made a first team uh, well never had a first team role with them and went out on loan to Brest originally before signing permanently, is that correct?
1: Yeah, he was he was in the um the same team as as Mbappe that won the Coupe Gombardella, which is kind of the, the sort of blue ribboned youth competition in France and, and it's it's pretty well respected. The finals always played sort of the same day and just before the, the Coupe de France finals. So it's sort of quite a big event there. Um, and obviously and Mbappe was kind of the star of the team but there's a there's a handful of players there who've gone on to good things and Diallo was one of those who was kind of supposed to break into the first team but it sort of coincided with with Leonardo Jardim being coach and then leaving and then coming back and just a, a very strange sort of Monaco transfer policy they sort of lost their way a bit and they were bringing in a lot of young players for a huge amount of money from abroad and a lot of their young players simply weren't getting a look in and so he was one of those who I think just got a little bit um I guess fed up with waiting for a chance and thought maybe it would be better to to, to go somewhere else where he's actually sure. going to see some first team action
0: Sounds like a bit of bad timing for him then really doesn't
1: it? And I think so I mean Thierry Henry when, when he came in as coach he actually brought in a lot of these youngsters and, and gave them the chances that Jardin never was it was it's weird with Chardin because he sort of had all his success and he won the title with young players, even though they were brought in from, from other clubs. And then the second time he came back, he just wasn't interested in, in kids and was only playing sort of 30 year olds and the others were sort of pushed to the background. So Henri gave them a chance, but I think Diallo had already gone by then. So
2: I mean, we've heard of. Arsenal have also been interested in scouting him, and obviously Saints have landed him. What was it that brought the attention of uh, foreign clubs to Diallo?
1: I think first of all that it seems more and more that a lot of English clubs are sort of investing in a good scouting system in France. Um, just because there's there's so many quality players coming through, and not only that they're coming through, but they're getting the chance from an early age to play in the first team. And we just said he didn't have the chance at Monaco, but moving to a club like Brest, there's such a big turnover because every summer, any player who has a half decent season is likely to to move on to France, or, uh, sorry to England or to Germany, and so. These players have to be replaced. So the next 17 or 18 or 19 year old is is coming through and getting first team action that they probably wouldn't get if they were with a Premier League team. Um, I think Leicester were one of the teams that were originally interested in Diallo and that sort of just follows on from, uh, you know, obviously Kante and then, um, Nampolis Mendy. They obviously, you know, I think they've got, they're onto a good thing mm. with sort of French midfielders. So yeah, I think it's just that. Uh, a lot more attention is being pay- paid to to these these players once they once they make the first team in France okay i mean
2: what what sort of role did he play in that Brest team and how did they utilize him in their setup
1: so he was the first the first season he was there when he was on loan that was in in league he had them to promotion um he's he's a, he's a central midfielder and i think he's I think he's best utilised as as a proper sort of box to box midfielder, but I think certainly the way the way that he's been used is with a slightly more kind of defensive edge, so sitting back a little bit more. Um, I guess as a kind of as a number six, um, I think he reads the play really well, can kind of anticipate um, where the ball's going, so he's got a good placement, um, and he's his probably at the moment his his main skill is kind of, you know, intercepting, breaking up the other team's attack, but he's also got a really good pass on him, so, you know, he's very effective in the in the sort of transition side of the game. Um, the only area he would probably say is lacking at the moment is the attacking side. But I guess if he's going to make the defensive position or the box to box his own, then maybe the attacking side isn't gonna be sort of his, his priority. Although I've seen interviews with him where he says he'd like to be able to bring more to the attack as well.
2: Okay, because I mean, I've heard kind of conflicting reports um, in the British press. He's been yeah, a okay. <laughs> defensive role, you know, he's a defensive midfielder. But yeah, all I've been hearing from the French media that obviously know a bit more about him is that he's got the qualities to be a box to box midfielder.
1: I think maybe the the, the Kante comparison is, is, is reasonable in that. Everyone sort of pigeonholes Kante as, as a defensive midfielder, but actually when he's given the, the chance or the freedom to sort of push forward and break lines, he is very capable of doing that. I think Diallo's the same. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's just, he's a very good footballer, so he's, he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's got a really good pass on him. So um, although he can do that sort of defensive mid, midfield role effectively, it probably would be a little bit of a waste of, of some of his skill set.
0: Let me just um jump in on on his strengths and and weaknesses. You mentioned that he's just a you know an out and out football player. you know some of his strengths that I've read like ball playing, dribbling um his strength as well um he's got a bit of an engine he's got some pace on him um, and his weaknesses the only thing I could find was his shooting, so you say his attacking sense. but yeah, is there anything else that you know, strengths and weaknesses that we're missing.
1: I think in terms of, not a weakness, but you mentioned sort of the, the physicality, he, he is, he's not short, but he doesn't look like, you know, he's not stacked or anything. So he's kind of deceptively strong, but that probably, you know, we've seen it with a lot of midfielders, especially the the ones who seem to, to go to Spurs and struggle there, that <laughs> I think, midfield is probably the, the main position where there is quite a big adjustment from from League A to the Premier League. So I think a little bit of patience is needed while while he adjusts to the to the sort of tempo and it's not even necessarily the speed of the game, it's the fact that it's non stop. There's there's no sort of chance for a breather. So especially I especially with
2: the way Ralph plays. Mm.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, th- I think he's gonna um need to adjust to that, but I certainly think he's got the capability of doing that. Physically, yeah, maybe he needs to kind of build himself up a bit. But yeah, certainly in terms of the engine, there's no issue there. He seems seems comfortable sort of, you know, going fully at it for, for the full ninety minutes. Um and then in terms of, of strengths, I just think he's a he's a very intelligent player. Um I read a great interview with him um, sort of in May just after the season ended and they were kind of reviewing the season with Brest and the the interviewer was kind of being a little bit harsh and, and sort of you know saying well you know your team a little team why are you trying Effectively kind of saying, why are you trying to play entertaining football? You should be just doing, you know, bedding in and just being defensive and doing what you can to stay up. And he was, he was really good sort of fighting the cause for good football and, and um, the importance of playing to your strengths and being more proactive, that kind of thing. He's obviously like a real thinker, thinks about the game. And I think in that sense, I can see him also growing into maybe a, a real leader on the pitch as well.
0: That sounds good, and it's always pleasing to see, like when a player leaves a club um, and the fans' reactions to their players leaving. And from what I've seen on social media, Diallo seems, you know, and he seemed and still does to be well loved by the Brest fans, and he's going to be missed.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't think it for them. Probably part of it is that he left so late in the window, and they sort of had to, to rush to, to bring in a replacement. But like I said, I think it was always on the cards that he was going to leave this summer um he again he probably also says something about his character he he's never sort of pushed for a move he's kind of you know he's always said i've got a four year contract and i'm a breast player so as long as i'm here i'm happy here and and i'm going to you know do everything i can for for the club proper professional um, yeah yeah um but you don't always get that no you the coat so yeah i think he's i just yeah, I'm a big fan. I think he's got his head screwed on. Um, I think, yeah, I think he's a really good signing, and, and I'm not surprised that that Brass fans are upset to see him go because he's the he's the player who sort of really made the midfield tick.
2: Yeah, he's kind of been brought in to replace Pierre Emile Hoiberg. I mean, can he do you think he could? fit into that role?
1: Um, I think he can. I just I haven't seen enough of Weberg, but from what I know... I'd Didn't he score like,
0: against Brighton? <laughs>
1: I must have missed that. <laughs> Everyone scores against Brighton. That's the problem at the moment. Um, but, yeah, that aside, he's more of a... I think he's more of a sort of holding midfielder, maybe. I don't know. I, I certainly, from what I've seen of him, I'd say he's more physical than, um, than Diallo. I think Diallo, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, is... Is a slightly better footballer than than Hoiberg is, but yeah, I think I I generally think that Diallo's kind of got all the skills that whatever uh, whatever the club or whatever he decides he wants to sort of become, whether it's the out and out defensive midfielder, box to box, or probably even as a kind of attacking midfielder, I think he'd be able to adapt.
2: I mean, you talked about you know having that difference between Liga and Premier League in terms of the pace of the game and the fitness required. Um, do, do, do you think that he's fit enough to, to play in the Premier League already, or do you think there's a lot of work to be done? Then?
1: I don't think there's a lot of work to be done. I think, I think it's only fair that, that he's given a little bit of an adjustment period. I know Wenger used to say that you know certain positions need 12 to 18 months to adapt. Um, wow. Mourinho obviously thinks it's like 12 to 18 games at the very most, but... <laughs> Um, I'd say maybe somewhere in between I think you will need a, I think it, you know you look at and I'm talking about Venga, but you look even at someone like Vieira who sort of his first match for Arsenal was was amazing but it still took him a, a while to adjust week in week out to that kind of pace Um, I think it's going to happen to any player, but I I definitely think that the engine he's got on him, and again, also the intelligence, which means that he's not running around like a headless chicken, there's an actual purpose to his running, um, means that I think he'll he'll adjust relatively quickly.
0: And I do do think he's got the right manager to do that. I think he will give we, we, He will give him time.
2: On the subject of fitness as well, I mean, has there been any injuries at all in, in his time at Brest and Monaco before that?
1: He was out, he had a short time out early in 2020. Um, I can't remember what the injury was, but it wasn't anything serious. I mean, he still played, uh, I think, 19, 20 games, and I think the, the French season in the end was something like uh, 24, 25 games, something like that. So he d- okay. Well, a bit more, maybe 29. but So he missed a handful of games, but I don't, it's not any kind of chronic or recurring
0: injury. That's good, That's good news. Yes. That's good news, yeah. Um, one thing I will say about Ralph's transfer policies is that he likes, he likes a project, um, you know, that young, sought-after, malleable talent. And he was actually asked about, you know, fans for him, if money was no object, who would be your ideal transfer fantasy? And his reply was, um, he wants a killian Mbappe from five years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's clear, you know, how Ralph likes to target these promising young players and he wants to turn them into stars. I mean, you can just look at all the transfers that he's made of us. Like Shea Adams, Musa Gineppo, Kai Walker-Peters, Mohamed Salisu,
2: Theo now, Walcott.
0: Theo Walcott. <laughs> well, okay, Walcott being the only <laughs> exception. But yeah, and now obviously Diallo. It's kind of a passion project for him and I think he loves it. So I, I do honestly think that... Diallo's in in good hands uh, under Ralph.
1: Yeah, I I think so. He, Like I said, he talks a good game. He seems to have his head screwed on. He talks a lot about how his brother gives him advice. Personally, I'm not sure that he's necessarily the right person to listen to because I don't think he should have gone to PSG. But um, clearly he's got good people around him. He's kind of clearly thinks sensibly about what his, his sort of career moves should be and it's quite obvious over the last few years that a lot of players have developed really well at Southampton. So, um, and Housenhotel has done, has done fantastically since he's come in. So uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, with respect to Southampton, I think there's probably at the moment a handful of clubs that he could have gone to in England or Germany that do have very good youth policies at the moment. But, um, yeah, I think Southampton did really well to, to convince him to come and, and I'm sure he's going to thrive there and you'll benefit from him as well.
2: I mean, he's only a, an injury or suspension away from going into the team, really.
0: Well, actually, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, in terms of his role with us right now, uh, do you expect him to walk straight into this Saints eleven, or you know, is he going to have to wait his turn? Because typical central players we've got at the moment, James Will Prowse, Oriol Romelu, Will Smallbone, they're like the typical central players because there is that huge hoi shaped hole there
1: no he's he's got you know a good number of for someone who's so young he's already got a really good number of professional games including top flight games to his belt he's he's like i said won okay it's a youth trophy but um won that trophy with 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 monaco with the likes of mbappe he's uh he played in the for france in the under 20 world cup last year he's a France under-21 international now as well, so I don't I don't necessarily think he'd expect to walk straight into the first team. I'm sure he knows that he's got to earn his place, and you know the fact that you finished last season so well shows that your 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 team is kind of ticking along very well at the moment. So um, there's no reason why he should expect to walk straight in, but I definitely think that you know his quality will out, and he'll he'll get into that team sooner rather than later.
2: I mean, what could he potentially? give us that we don't have already? What, what is unique qualities? I
1: don't know about unique. I mean, I think, you know, if you did sign Mbappe five years ago, I'd be able to <laughs> tell you all about his unique qualities. Um, uh, I I, yeah, I don't know if Diallo is, has got unique qualities, but like I said, I just think he's the full package of, the, you know, proper modern midfielder who really can do everything. Um, and... Attitude wise as well, I know, you know, you came close to signing Sangare and uh, rave about him. To me, Sangare has got possibly maybe more, even more skills than, than Diallo. I'm not convinced about that either, but he hasn't shown it for 18 months and you can argue he hasn't been playing for a good team, but it, you know, it works both ways. He's, he's a crucial cog in that team. He should be, you know, pushing that team forward rather than um, you know, dropping to to the same poor standards as the rest of the team. So I haven't been that impressed with with his attitude or his performances. Whereas Diallo, not only has he got the skills, but he's got the temperament as well. And I think that that's crucial. Partly just to adjust to to you know moving abroad in a new culture, not only culture of football, but you know living in a new culture as well. But also what he does on the pitch. I don't think he's going to sort of you know, get the uh, big-headed and, you know, start driving around and flash cars and forgetting okay. about the football side of it. I think, you know, he's it probably helps that he's got a, an older brother who's already, you know, kind of doing everything three years ahead of him. Um, so he maybe can learn from his mistakes or his experiences. But, um, yeah, I think it's the, the whole package of football ability, but also the, the brain, the reading of the game, and the fact that I don't think you're going to get any trouble from him.
2: That's quality. I mean we, so we, I mean, we might have dodged a bullet on Sangare, at least in Diallo we're getting a player who's got some good game time in this belt, uh, recently at least.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know about dodging a bullet, but I just think, I, I don't know what it is, I don't know if it's FIFA or something. There, there's two players that constantly come up in France, Sangare and also Bubakare Samari, who... He's a, a little midfielder, and everyone sees obsessed with these two midfielders. And there's no doubt that they've both got massive potential, but it is only potential. I don't think either of them have particularly shown that much yet on the pitch. Whereas Diallo, the there's um, a lot less fuss about it, about him, and maybe partly because he's a bit less flash and he hasn't constantly pushed for transfers like the other two have. And, and you know, in, in Sumaro's case, kind of, push for transfer, been offered it and then step back at the last second, which caused tensions. Diallo just just gets on with it. And and <clears throat> yeah, so it's not not so much dodging a bullet necessarily. But I just think Diallo, he's already fulfilling that potential, whereas Sangare or Sumare, you're, we're still waiting for it to happen.
0: Um, leave it leave in France aside for a second. Um, domestically, where do you see him in five years' time? Kylian Mbappe. Um, <laughs> domestically, don't say in, Liverpool, please. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I was going to say, do you mean do I think he'll still be at Southampton in five years? Yeah, or?
0: well, it's a four-year deal, isn't it? So we're thinking, you know, he's gone for twelve million now. That's going to almost double in four years' time, and someone's going to snap him up for fifty million.
1: Yeah, I think if he if he carries on his sort of trajectory and he keeps learning and he keeps improving then yeah I mean sadly he's probably going to tread the same path as others and um, you know within England there's only going to be sort of I think it's fair to say that apart from maybe the top sort of five or six teams pretty much everyone else in England now is a stepping stone unfortunately mm. it's pretty much two leagues within the Premier League um, and I can't really see that many teams breaking through, you know, maybe Everton with a, if everything goes perfectly for them this year, Leicester, I'm still not sure exactly where they're at. Um, I would say Wolves, but he's not Portuguese, so that puts him at <laughs> a disadvantage. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if he carries on doing as, as, as well as he is, then unfortunately it's probably going to be the likes of Liverpool or Chelsea or, uh, you know, possibly United. Um, but also, you know, there's there's a lot of teams abroad that that keep their eye on French players, and you know, Germany is probably a bit late now for most clubs because they seem to like taking the French players very young as well. Um, so possibly, if he was to move there, it would only be to to the likes of a Bayern. But you know, Spain as well, they like they like their French players. So
0: anyone, then. it wouldn't
1: necessarily <laughs> be in England. And I think, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you know better than better than most that. If your players are going to leave for a fortune, maybe it would be nicer if they went abroad, so they don't have to come back and and sort of haunt you.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, Kev, we need to come to terms with this now, don't we? Really, that he he is going to go. Um, so yeah, we 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 got I four see, we got four good. years with him. We can just enjoy him now and prepare
2: for the inevitable. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, if yeah. he goes it's on to a bigger are. club. That means that we, you know, he's done a good job with us, and yeah, we've I'm done our job. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Now turning the att- attention to France for a bit, then so capped at under 18, 19, 20 and 21 level. Not yet capped by the the men's side. Can you see a scenario where Didier Deschamps hands him his first cap whilst under contract at Southampton, or would you feel he's going to have to wait till he moves on? Because you know, right now they don't need him, do they? They seem to be doing well enough without him, and the, you know, the competition for places there is so high. That
1: that's the thing. You know, Camavinga has has just broken into the France squad. He's going to make his first start tonight, and he's another one who, again, is just you know he could play anywhere in the midfield and. Probably is slightly better, or well, certainly considering his age, than than Diallo. So it, it, a lot depends on who he's competing with. You know, Kante I think probably is already on the downward slope of his career. Pogba. Um, <laughs> Pogba. This is his first, believe it or not, this is his first France match for for 16 months because of injuries mm. and loss of form and COVID and everything. So. Um, you know, he hasn't got that long ahead of him and then you you've got players like uh Rabio and Teliso who are both in and out of mm. their, their club sides and, and Rabio, you know, issues off and off the pitch as well. So I definitely think there could be scope for him to, to break into the team at some point. It just a lot of it depends on who else is, is coming through because there is so much competition. If yeah. he was a full back then he'd have a lot more chance of breaking in.
0: I can't I, I really can't see Didier Deschamps sitting at St Mary's watching him. To be honest, I just can't see it happening. Well, our Saints players always get overlooked. I,
1: I think trying to think which other French players get overlooked. I mean Schneiderlin mm-hmm. made the he made the um, 2014 World Cup squad. I think mm. I actually think that um, you know it's kind of the opposite of, of Scotland, for example. I think um, players who play move abroad seem to get more of a chance of of getting into the France squad. So actually, it could be a good thing for him. Um, There's there's a very, very good Montpellier uh, midfielder who's because he plays for Montpellier and he's not that fashionable and he came from a very small team and sort of flourished relatively late, I think he's 27 now, um, he gets a little bit ignored. But a lot of people are pushing for him to be in the France squad and Deschamps was asked about him in the press conference the other day, and it, it genuinely seemed like Deschamps didn't even know who he was. Um, <laughs> so I think Diallo moving to the Premier League, and, and France, I it winds me up a lot how much they're down on their own league and how just obsessed they are with the Premier League and everything about the Premier League is seen through rose-tinted glasses. So, you know, even if it is not one of the top six teams, I, I actually think it would probably help him and, and bring him closer to, to, to the squad.
2: So just the last thing for me, um, we've heard the name N'Golo Kante a few times in this podcast and he's drawn quite a few comparisons to him. I mean, do you think that's a fair comparison or is there another player you'd more com- fairly compare him to?
1: I think it's fair just in the sense that, like I said, he's... He, it's. N- people sort of think of him as the defensive midfielder but I think there's a little bit more to him than that. Um, but as an all round footballer I think he's better than Kante. Um, really? I think he's I, I think Kante's got the he's kind of got the defensive skills and then the sort of explosivity to kind of run with the ball a short distance, break a line and then give the ball to someone else. I think Diallo has got a wider range. I think he's, he's better with the ball. He's just, he's sort of calmer. He's better at sort of getting his head up, um, picking a long pass as well as a short pass, um, running with the ball, knowing when to, when to give it, when to hold it. Um, I just think Kante's fantastic because he's just everywhere, <laughs> but I wouldn't sort of call him a, a kind of maybe being really harsh, but I'm not sure that composure is a word I put for Kante. Everything he does is sort of in short, sharp bursts, whereas Diallo, like watching him, I just think he's kind of more composed, he seems to have more time with the ball. Um so I think he's potentially more capable than Kant and got more sort of dimensions to his game than Kante.
2: Oh, this is good, Kevin. Yes, yeah, really exciting. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. Oh no, it I just hope he doesn't flop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, is there anything else that can be said about him? Anything else that that we'd need to know that we haven't already mentioned?
1: I don't think so. I mean, yeah. Just like I said, I mean, you know, there's lots of very, very talented footballers that have sort of not uh, not achieved as much as they should have achieved. You know, Ben Arthur today has signed for, for Bordeaux in his mm. latest quest to to try to revive the you know, the legend that he is in his own head. Um, <laughs> you know there's certain players who don't achieve what they should do because they're distracted or they you know, they think they're better than they are or Buffalo, Buffal. bad entourage. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah Buffal, he's just gone back to Angers. I mean mm. I, I was never that, that keen on him, actually him and Ben Arthur is probably the best of all the ones we've we've tried to draw today. that's probably the best comparison you can have but um I think yeah Diallo just everything about him about the way he talks about the game about the the kind of family setup up that he seems to have around him just everything seems very sensible, very measured the same way he sort of plays the game so i I really think that if he sort of if he kind of settles well in southampton and and jails um, with the rest of the team i, I really think he could go on to really good things amazing
0: I, I i'm i'm feeling more and more excited about it by the minute now this is um this is great i'm nervous now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah jeremy thank you so much for uh, for coming on and, and talking to us today it's been yeah uh, it's been it's been a pleasure. pleasure and so wasn't Holberg
1: the one where Ryan did that amazing save, by the way?
0: Oh, well, the Hoiberg the, the goal that I'm talking about was was it was it the start of last season. I think it was the... Wasn't it the EFL Cup game when he hit one from outside the box? Uh, possibly. EFL doesn't count, does it?
2: I <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't even watch the early rounds, could you?
0: No. I, I remember it well, actually, because I was camping that weekend. Um. And I had to try and... I was listening to it on the radio in my car. So I, all the the, uh, the wife and kids were in the tent, and I was listening to the Saints-Brighton game and. The, in the car on the radio, and then, yeah, uh, whoever scored, and it was like, well, this doesn't happen, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry to bring that up.
1: We've had much worse happen to us since.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin, is there anything else you'd
2: like to ask? No, just to say that it's been absolutely enlightening, and um, yeah, thank you very much for doing us the honor of coming on our wonderful podcast. No
1: problem, pleasure,
0: thanks for having me.
2: Hi, I'm Matt Tichier. Thank you for listening to In That Number.
0: OK, we have an extra time segment for you. Something a little bit. Or could we call it extra, extra time? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, before we discuss uh, the transfer news and stuff, a uh, little bit of news coming out this evening. Stuart Armstrong has tested positive for COVID. Um, oh, fuck. But, yeah, but by the time this comes out, um, it'll probably be old news anyway. But, yeah, so he has to uh, isolate for 10 days now. Um, Southampton B got knobbed. Uh, by yeah, Hampton something. Town, yeah, uh, and the AFL Trophy. It's, it's going on a very bad run at the moment, are not it? It's not not looking not looking good. Kev, I just want to go through the, the these transfers with you then, just to just to tie them up. Um, windows shut now, obviously, but uh, you, domestic transfers can still take place to the 16th. So, Kai Walker Peters, 12 million, looking like more and more of a bargain each match. Very, very important signing, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think you know we sort of felt at the time that we've over overpaid, but yeah, he's a complete fullback and he's definitely team regular and he's just what we needed. So yeah, fine with that one, absolutely yeah. fine. Uh,
0: Mohamed Salisu, 10.9 million from Real Valladolid. Uh Still awaiting his turn in the first team, of course. But um, if you'd like to know more about him, then you can check out our episode 82, must tag Sally. Mm-hmm. And of course. Ibrahima Diallo, £12 million from Brest. Uh, by now, you should know a little bit more about him. But the shocking one, Kev, Theo Walcott.
2: How are you feeling um, about this one? Well, at the weekend, when we mentioned this one, I laughed out loud, didn't I? Uh, I don't
0: know if you laughed out loud, did you?
2: I, quite, I remember laughing out loud at that one, um, just thinking it was ridiculous. Um, just because of the, the wages he's on uh, his... Age? Well, yeah, where he is in his career. That it's gonna be like a sort of old people's home for him. But you know, the more the more I think about it, it does it does make sense. I mean you've got that the romance of him returning to the club that gave him his start in life and um of all the players who've left, left us. I mean he's one of the most loved by the Saints fans still. No ill will at all um no. between him and the fans. And I I, I got into a bit of an argument with um, Pirate Saint um, about this, but I think that there's a bit of uh, commercial value in it, right? I mean, you can sell a lot more shirts with Theo Walcott32, him getting his original shirt number back. It's just a a great story. And I think he can definitely add something. There's not a huge amount of um, experience in that team. Okay, we've got Ryan Bertrand. Romelu, Shane Long, Demi Ings. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, yes. Yeah, aside from that, maybe we need you know another injection. He's come from a big club, and he's you know he played that he played a lot for for Arsenal. When we look at Bertrand, you know, he well World Cups it. as
0: well, and Euros.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's got the superstar at some points, but um, yeah, it's not like you know Bertrand who couldn't quite make it at Chelsea and has come to Saints to get his break. It's it's the other way around. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, and I think it's fairly good value.
0: I think the problem with Walcott is that he left to go to Arsenal way too early, and that kind of—I don't know. There's always, I think, there's always something missing with Walcott for me. A bit like like Callum Chambers when he left, he left Saints to go to Arsenal quite quite early. I thought. But, I mean, yeah. I, Diallo was bought in to plug a gap because uh, I think we still need the depth in the middle, and Theo doesn't supply us with that need. But like you said, the romance of the deal. The, the 50-50 wages split. I think it's great that he's back, um but I'm just not sure how much he can contribute in in this system.
2: I mean, well, I mean he says he, he feels 21. Okay. Well, I mean, now that we know that Armstrong's out of COVID, he might get his chance straight away. Well,
0: you say that, but, I mean, he's got to isolate for 10 days. So where are we at now? It's the 7th of October now. So we play Chelsea on the 17th. So that's 10 days. So do we expect Stu to be back, you know, after after that long layoff?
2: Probably oh. not. I doubt it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So maybe we could see him. It'll be interesting. I'm not. I, I, every time I talk about Theo Walker, and everyone's you know, been asking me about him for the last couple of days, and I always sound like I don't want this deal, but I, I just wanted another central midfield player. I think. But then if someone has said to me, "Oh, it's either you, you get Theo or you don't, you don't get anything," fuck yeah, I will take him. I will bring him as yeah. a, as a, as another player. It's it's exciting to see him back. I, I am excited to see him back, and I'm happy with it. Yeah. But yeah. I just don't. Maybe I'm just not big on him as much as, as everybody else, especially, no. you know, being at 31.
2: Yeah, I mean It's again, not round
0: signing, is it? It's not a typical signing, as we mentioned earlier.
2: No, I mean, may, maybe um, Ralph had his arm twisted a bit, and it. it's like, you know, look, this, this means, you know, more to the club than it does to your vision of the team. He's only going to be here for a, a season, and then, you know, he'll be back or sold or moved on or released or whatever. Um, hmm. But, yeah, I mean, if it's a choice between Theo and Loftus G you're going to go the lost as Chico and he's got time mm-hmm. on the side but yeah like you said a nice little pleasant surprise and you know uh, there were a lot of haters when Danny Ings was announced on uh, Deadline Day a couple of seasons ago and look how that turned out so yeah you never know just
0: want to say one it wasn't me one of them I was always a fan yeah. of Danny Ings even when he was at yeah, Liverpool Departures then I'll I d- I just go through the recent ones because we all know about you know Hoi uh, and, and things like that uh, Bouffal's gone to uh, Angers Angers um, Christoph Clara, Fortuna Düsseldorf Wesley Hoot, Lazio and Guido Carigio released to Elche it's um, so a leaving on a free Wesley Hoot loaned to Lazio with an option to buy Carigio picked up by Elche <laughs> suckers um, and a bit of a sad one about Clara on a permanent deal to Fortuna Düsseldorf I thought he had a role to play in the future for us if I'm honest I, I think there was there was there was high hopes for him, I think. A little bit sad with that one. So that Kev, that brings the total spend thirty six point two seven million and an incoming of twenty two point seven seven million, to net thirteen point five million loss. But that's good business, right?
2: Well spending. Yeah, you've got to spend to stay in the gang.
0: Sure. So I mean if someone said to you, Okay, you're gonna lose thirteen and a half million quid, you're gonna lose Bufau, Hoybier, Reid, Alfie Jones, Christoph Clara. Elianusi off the books for a while Hoop probably off the books for good Carrigio finally off the books and we're going to gain Walker-Peter Solisu Diallo and a heavily subsidised Theo Walcott are you happy with that is this a positive for the season ahead
2: um, yeah I mean I, I was on discord uh, giving my assessment I'd say 8 out of 10 I look at the outgoings um, <clears throat> I think there's a couple we missed just because it's been sort of a long transfer window and there's maybe a couple of players that you don't really see as being partners with window, but um, Suarez to Arsenal, permanent yep. um, deal. Yep. Um, Harry Reid's on a permanent to Fulham. Yeah. Lamina out on loan. Yoshida's contract. Shida's contract up. Hoiberg, uh, obviously, to Tottenham. Um, a few other ones that have... To, yeah, Tommy O'Connor to Gillingham. Mm. Alfie Jones to Hull on a permanent. Uh, Jack Rose was released, as was uh, Aaron Driscoll.
0: And Marcus uh, Barnes as well, I believe.
2: Marcus Barnes, Yoshia... Um, um, yeah. but the
0: point is, Kev, that, that those bad contracts that, that we have to take, we had to take a hit on. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the uh,
2: Carrizo. Sure, yes, uh, yeah.
0: Um no more. That's it.
2: Doubtless, uh, well. we we are
0: on the right track. Yeah, we're I mean, forward. we're going
2: to be dealing with the dregs of this for another season or two. Sure, but, I but think what I'm
0: saying is, there's going to be no more outgoings of that ilk.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is not a conversation. We're not going to um have that conversation where we say, look. Uh, Carrillo is still a member of Southampton Football Club. We can safely say now that he isn't. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is maybe next season, if we keep Ralph for the whole of next season, then Ralph can start building his own vision of uh, what he wants for the club with players that he wants to bring in. So, I think next window is going to be purely Ralph's window. We've got all those players that were just uh, costing us money and not playing a minute off the books and free up some money to to spend on creating Ralph Ball. Excellent. Well said. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I'm happy with all that. You know, that's yeah. good. I'm happy. I did
2: say before that I was going to judge it on the outs more than the ins. The ins, I think, definitely prospects for the future. I'll have to maybe reserve judgment on them, but the outs... I mean, you can't do much better. I mean, apart from nobody's going to take El Yanusi on a permanent for the money we paid for him or any of those sort of deals. You know, Nobody's going to pay 50 quid for Guido Curio even. No, I mean,
0: And there's still a, a possibility that Angus Gunn could move out online.
2: Yeah, I think that, that, that's another question, Mark, isn't it? Like, we've got three decent keepers. Um, yeah, Gunn to a lower league team somewhere in the Championship. I think that if that happens, then it's not more, much more we could ask from you, sir. No. Yes, I think that's about it for this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. Um, yeah. did have a couple of uh, chant challenges, obviously, uh, brewing up. <laughs> and we've got a few new signings to get through, so who are we going to be taking on next?
0: I think we're going to have to go... I don't know,
2: do you want a romantic ballad for Theo? Romantic ballad for Theo? I've just done a, a ballad for Charlie Austin, but I suppose I could conjure up another one whilst I'm in that romantic mood.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. You you want me to do one as well? Yeah, sure. Right, okay, um, our thanks to Jeremy Smith from Get French Football News. Okay, so we'll we'll be back next week with uh, the Chelsea game. So, yes, until then, up
2: the Saints. Up the Saints.